You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 141. When human beings are thriving, we like learning and growing. We like that edge of when, we're, when it's too much stress, we burn out, but when it's too little stress, we rust out. So there's some sweet spot in the middle that's about optimizing our growth and learning and sense of challenge. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is wonderful to have you join us. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. And I want to wish those of you who are listening from the United States, happy birthday to our nation. The show is aligning with the 4th of July. And I wish all of us, wherever you live, year that has increased understanding, empathy for our fellow human beings, grace, and prosperity. And as we think about having a year of increased wellness, it certainly makes me think of our guest today, who is going to talk to us about thriving and the elements that go into thriving leadership. Dr. Renee Moorfield is joining us again. She was with us in episode 102, where we did an overview of the concepts of thriving and what leaders need to think about regarding thriving and also the mind shift that's been happening with companies understanding the need for wellness and expanded perspective about what creates success in organizations. But before we get into more about what Renee is going to bring in today's episode, I wanted to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my own mentor program. And just to let you know that the enrollment is currently open. Mentoring meets the criteria for core competency continuing education, and any ACC level coach is required to get 10 mentoring hours every three years. It's a way to strengthen our skill set, work with other coaches, as well as one-on-one with myself to zero in and focus in on the things that you know will help you strengthen your coaching, and maybe there's some aspects that you're not sure that you need that we can work together to increase your competencies, your confidence, and your skill level. If you're interested in exploring mentoring, check out the link in the show notes at starcoachshow.com or on the homepage at starcoachshow.com. Now let's talk about what Renee is bringing to today's show that's a little different and more detailed than what we talked about in episode 102. I invited Renee back so that we could explore the 
intense research that Wisdom Works has been doing around thriving leadership. Renee is the CEO of Wisdom Works, and Wisdom Works is a firm that enhances both the readiness and the capability of leaders to help lead organizations where people thrive. Renee brings experience of coaching thousands of senior and emerging executives, thousands. And even with the tool that we're going to be talking about in today's show, she's already had the opportunity to use that new tool on hundreds. Be Well, Lead Well Pulse Assessment has been designed and created based upon these years of experience and research that Wisdom Works has gathered. And Renee will talk about the fact that they've also worked with University of Colorado and Colorado Springs to, to strengthen validity of the instrument. Now, there's a couple things I want you to, to think about as you listen to this interview. First of all, I often hear from coaches, can you share assessments that you really believe in that I might explore for my client base? Well, this Be Well, Lead Well Pulse is certainly going to fall in that category. And even if you're not looking for another assessment for your toolbox, what you will gain from this interview is specific information in several different dimensions that you can think about and explore with your clients when you're focused on wellness and thriving. Renee breaks things down into very specific categories and information for us to consider, which I think is absolutely invaluable. In addition, she's given me the model that she talks about in the interview for you to be able to see and experience as well. So if you'd like the download for this episode, go to the show notes at starcoachshow.com or our resource page at starcoachshow.com. The links for our downloads are always in the episode notes, as well as the most recent episodes we've had. Those are also on the resource page. It might be really helpful for you to actually see this beautiful model that they have put together regarding their framework. So I encourage you to get paper and pencil and think about this because Renee is going to give us so much information. At the very end of our interview, she does talk about a new certification program that they have just opened up. So if you are interested in learning more, and potentially even becoming certified in the tool, be sure you listen till the very end of the interview. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's go to our interview with Dr. Renee Moorfield. Renee, welcome back to the Star Coach Show. It is so lovely to see your shining face. Well, it is, you know, it's great to be here. And you have been doing some incredible work on an ongoing basis with organizations around leadership and wellness and thriving. I mean, that's what 
your company does. So can you give us just a little view into your company and some of the priorities that you all have? You all, my Texan came out. You're a mission standard. <laughs> and I actually, you all, I don't usually y'all. You did. You, you I all. Did. Yeah. I did. Tell us a little bit about uh, the priorities there. Sure. Um, so I co-founded a company 20 years ago called Wisdom Works, co-founded it with my life partner and business partner. And the sweet spot of our company, if you think of a Venn diagram, if you think of three circles, one of the circles is leadership development, really the conscious evolution of leadership. The second circle would be about building workplaces, fostering workplaces where people can show up as their best selves. And the third circle would be the science and practice of thriving. What does it mean to thrive? And how can we create workplaces where people can truly thrive? Our, so, that, so our work is really in the sweet spot of that. It includes coaching work with executives, executive team development, culture change work, culture change strategy work, we build a lot of tools to help organizations move from their ideas, their, their purpose, their vision, their values to be thriving organizations into the real embodiment of that. So we really support kind of that integration and embodiment is, is really the work that we do. Wow. And we are going to actually be doing a dive into some of the learning that you've had in the organization, how you've applied that learning into the creation of a tool and what that tool helps leaders learn about themselves. I would assume even if you're not a leader, if you would take this tool, you would learn about yourself. And, and we're going to really explore that. Now, I want the audience to know that Renee was also a guest in episode 102. And we got into a lot of wellness and thriving and leadership conversation in that episode. Mm -hmm. It was, it's well worth a listen. You might want to go back and listen to that if you haven't heard it. But Renee, I would like to explore today the whole concept of thriving leadership and mm -hmm. what is it that makes us need thriving leaders? Well, gosh, so much. That is a big question. Yes, and there's it is. so many answers to that. The, the first one is if you just look at what's happening today, kind of our current, our current state, not just in the U.S., but really globally, we have a global level of disengagement from employees and workforces around the world. We have almost as high of level of disengagement when you look at any of the Gallup indexes, the Gallup World Polling Firm, of disengagement of leaders themselves. So the people that are leading those workforces disengage. And it's pretty hard to engage others if you're disengaged yourself. Totally. We have high levels of burnout. So right now, I know um, you probably heard that the World Health Organization just determined burnout as a medical condition. Mm -hmm. So this is the first time that now we're saying this is officially a health condition that we need to be looking at and understanding in a much more holistic, systemic way. So for a lot of reasons, those are just a few. We could talk about loneliness. We could talk about anxiety. We could talk about um, lack of productivity. We, on every level, we have structured our workplaces mostly, I believe, around an, an older industrial model that was built for purposes of efficiency which that's terrific, 
But we are now in an age where the work that needs to be done and the level of complexities that we're dealing with, we need more human-centric workplaces, workplaces that are designed around how people naturally thrive, which is not about efficiencies of getting work done. It's about supporting human thriving so people can bring their best self to their work. For leaders specifically, you know, my sense in all of our work has shown and the research shows too, we want leaders to be more energized for just the reason you said, because when they are more energized, they bring that sense of energy to the people that they're leading. It's a, it's a natural, people are looking towards them right. for that kind of energy and vitality and to know this is okay to really show up well. We want them operating for, from greater calm and clarity and presence And so imagine in the middle of all of this complexity, how do you cut through? Our workplaces are so noisy. Our lives are so noisy. How do you cut through it? Well, you do that by knowing who you are, what enables you to thrive, and that helps you create a sense of resourcefulness from the inside out and clarity. And before you move forward with that, I want the audience to imagine, imagine when you're in a coaching conversation from the place of the coach and you're in that place of clarity and calm presence and able to be connected with your client, being able to be focused on your client, not getting caught up in some of the chatter or the junk that can happen to get in the way of the flow of the session. Yeah, that, That's what we do as our work, but as leaders, that's very transferable. You know, being led by someone who has that presence and calm and focus, I just see that as, as being so key to everyone being able to thrive. Totally. And you're right. That's such a a critical coaching orientation. Nadia, it's beyond a skill. It really is about how you show up really affects how you're able to coach and the, and the fullness and the wholeness you can bring to that coaching conversation. That's exactly what we're asking of our, our leaders today. We're not asking leaders to be controllers or managers. We're asking them to be to facilitate the best of other people. And they can do that through mentoring. They can do that through coaching. They can do that through visioning. So there's so many paths that they have. And so their ability to do yes. just as you're saying as coaches have learned to do, to tap into that sense of their own well-being and bring that sense of presence and mindfulness to their leadership is just become a critical leadership orientation. We want leaders to be fostering a thriving work culture, and it's hard to do that if they're not able to role model what it means to thrive themselves, not only individually, but in relationship with others. So the ability to create teams that have that well-being is core to the relationships, well-being, trust, psychological safety are core to the relationship. And I think the last thing, and this is probably, it's equally important, if not bigger to Mm -hmm. me than Mm -hmm. everything I've just said is my sense is the end game here, and I don't know if there is an end game, but because this is all about us evolving, right? the end game is not necessarily us thriving or being more well. It's through our well-being, we are able to bring greater innovation, greater creativity, truly greater wisdom to some of the complex challenges we deal. And anyone who is alive today understands that we're in the middle of a world that there's a lot of inequities, there's a lot of disparities, there's a lot of unfairness, there's a lot of 
uh, you know, challenges such as climate issues. There's, these are massive challenges with no one right answer. And we need people to bring the best of their creativity and the best of their wisdom. And I believe that we do that better when we're able to tap into kind of our higher order kind of psychology, our higher order mental processes and emotional states, our generative emotional states like love and inspiration and gratitude and generosity, we think better and we are more connected and we are able to serve others better and serve these greater challenges better when we come from there. So that to me is the much bigger game to all this which is beyond just thriving, like me thriving in my day right, right, and beyond the leader thriving, but let's create a better world and let's do that through thriving leadership, which all of us can express. Right. And all of us are leaders in one way or another. So it's not, you know, I only need to be a thriving leader if I'm a CEO of a company. No. There's- Every single one of us has the opportunity to lead and and has the opportunity to thrive. I am wondering, and, and I know we touched on this in your last interview, but when you enter into a company to work with them around these concepts, how much education do you need to do about these concepts in order to get people on board with the vision? Honestly, not a lot. And I would say that my answer would have been different had we had they had podcasts 20 years ago, and you and I were doing this interview 20 years ago, it had been a totally different answer. Because when I would talk about thriving or well being or wellness, then people looked at me like I had a third eyeball growing out of my what are you going to do make us eat alfalfa sprouts? Exactly, exactly. But anymore, no, if you think of this as almost a consciousness or a mindset, this Mm -hmm. mindset, this conversation is up in the world. And so again, I think because of our levels of disengagement and burnout and that the way workplaces are working are often not working well for the people that are in them, including the titled leaders. So it's right. really for everyone. So anymore, no, I, we don't have to do a lot of education. And in fact, the doorway in may not be we want to thrive. It may be, we want to be more effective. And so by virtue of being more effective means, okay, let's look at a whole person approach. Let's look at a whole person approach to designing the organization. Let's look at a whole person approach to the team. Let's look at a whole person approach to how you lead. And the moment you start to get more holistic, now you're in that conversation. Now you can talk about well-being and flourishing and thriving and the doorway is already open, but the doorway often, for us at least, is a doorway about effectiveness and understanding how can I be effective and relevant in a world that is calling me leader or executive team to have a company that's more purpose-driven, that's more visionary, that understands its impact on the planet, that is treating people fairly and justly around the world, So all of those things at a macro level, that's all around thriving on a bigger scale. Yeah. So yeah, I don't find myself in situations much anymore to have to do a lot of explaining and converting. (laughs) It's usually, no, we just want to be a part. We want to step up. We want to step up and we want to up-level our effectiveness. And we actually see that this may be a path the ability for people to to understand and become more responsible, to tap into their capacity to thrive and be responsible for that 
that may be a path to greater effectiveness. So, Well, and for anybody who's feeling like everything is, you know, there is no understanding or that's a ray of light in the midst of all the the disengagement and the lack of energy and the, you know, that we, we've talked about, there is hopefully at least increased awareness. So totally. when we want to transform those thoughts or, or at least the insights to that, the ah. awareness of that into what we're actually going to do about that, that's, I think, where you guys started thinking about creating this tool. It is. Okay, it is. so tell so, us a little bit about that. Sure. So again, our sweet spot is those those three circles I mentioned, leadership, culture, and the, sort of the science and practice of thriving. But about 20 years ago, when we started Wisdom Marks, we had a qualitative interview process um, because we couldn't find any tools out there that already, we found a number of really terrific leadership competency models and 360 assessments. There's one in particular that we use, a leadership circle profile that I know you're familiar with mm -hmm. that we find just invaluable because it's a um, not only a horizontal development skill building tool, but it's also a vertical development building the evolution of consciousness kind of tool. Mm -hmm. And that's really our work is right. to rise up. So that's been our one of our core 360 tools. But we couldn't find anything that really supports leaders and leadership teams and a whole organizations in understanding the different dimensions of thriving and seeing those as doorways in to greater effectiveness. So we we built an interview, structured interview process 20 years ago, and we used it for about 17 years. And it was a qualitative process. It worked really well, but it was always done one person at a time. Right. And so about three years ago, we said, okay, it feels like it's time to, because we're still not seeing this tool that we have in our heads out there somewhere that we can just purchase. You know, we're a small company, so we never really imagined being the ones to build this whole thing and invest in all that, but it was time to do it. So we built a relationship with the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs to make sure their positive organization department in their business school to make sure we had all of our science just, you know, really, really tight and spent about two years from all the work that we had done, qualitative work, and turned it into an assessment, an online assessment system that is 133 questions. Someone takes, they get a personal feedback report from that. And then they're scored in 19 categories linked to thriving, which roll up into six dimensions. They also, and as a secondary thing, so that's, that's kind of the tool. And that yeah. helps. what I find is in conversations, whether it's with one person or a whole leadership team, we're working with the team right now. So the whole team or whole organizations, what the tool does like any assessment, is it just besides measuring different dimensions of thriving, it also now legitimizes because they're based in science. It legitimizes, yes, this is a priority. This is important for you to be discussing and talking about and taking some action on. And so that's what the tool does is provides this kind of firm foundation and grounding to have a coaching conversation, to have a workshop, to have a transformational learning program or whatever sounds really impactful. Thank you. It's been really fun this last year in using it and seeing the effects. I actually just did a debrief with an executive this morning and we finished the debrief and I, and I was asking her about her insights. And um, after we did the debrief and she's like, I just had no idea the extent to which I could be using breath as a way to manage my stress, manage my energy, 
and really optimize my own performance and my presence. And now I see all these places that I could be doing that, not just for myself, but bringing that into my team meetings, creating a ritual for our team that we breathe together before we start our work. And that little thing can make a huge difference. So, I mean, some of these things are common sense, and yet they are uncommon in practice. Well, because we don't think about breathing, and yet at the same time, it's life-giving. If we don't breathe, it's a problem. And, you know, I remember often as a therapist, I would say, let's just stop and breathe. I just, you know, you would just see the anxiety raising or that one. I do that sometimes with my coaching clients as well. Let's take a deep breath. But that whole concept of, of the importance of something that we don't think about, it flies under the radar, yet it is key. We take it for granted. And yet we don't, if we just think about it, we come into the world with an inspiration. We come out of the world, we go out of the world with an expiration. And the one thing that we absolutely can rely on as a tool to shift our state of being, our physiology, our, you know, our internal chemistry that allow us to show up more effectively, to think clearer, to be more emotionally balanced is our breath. So breath is one of the 19 dimensions that are part of the tool. And you've got these 19 dimensions that fit underneath the six, six dimensions, right? Six, 19 subcategories. Sometimes subcategories oh, underneath these six dimensions. Six dimensions, correct. And so let's do a little dive into the six dimensions sure, so that sure. people can get a sense of what this, this tool offers. And just in general, what kinds of things thriving leaders need to be thinking about regardless. So sure. let's talk about dimension number one. Okay. So dimension number one, which I would say is the centerpiece, even in the model, we have it right in the center of the model, is the word thriving. Because all of this is centered around this experience of thriving and this ability to tap into our sense of innate capacity. So again, the way we define this is not that you need to do that the outer world is going to enable you to thrive. This is about an innate capacity that all living systems are designed to do, but we've gotten really off track with it. So thriving is the core dimension. And under that dimension are three subcategories. One is called, we call it today and tomorrow. So today and tomorrow means your sense of well-being today, right now, as well as your sense of well-being five years from now, your optimism about your life in the future. Um, it also includes a scale around flourishing. So all of these are subscales that we're using or have created. There's also a flourishing scale. There's so we something can, about that word flourishing. Isn't it great? sort of opens me up. It's just like flourishing. What a great word. Whoever came up with that word, it just so captures the experience. It's anyway. like a, a blossoming or a blooming. Yes, yeah. yeah. It is a growing word. It's a growing word. So yes, so I love it as well. So flourishing. And the third is resilience. So resilience, uh, as people would think about it, the ability, you know, we all have setbacks. So the ability to bounce back from setbacks and to kind of lean into our inner resourcefulness when you know, life throws us calamity. <laughs> so, so that, and that's really important because we're in those situations all the time. Life can feel like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So what's our sense of feeling inner resourced, well resourced internally to be able to deal with the complexities of life? And that's really the point of this tool. So and that's, if, if our leaders or if any of us don't have that bounce back muscle, then the people who are looking to us for direction or in, like can receive encouragement from us, if we have no resiliency, that's going to ripple through the whole organization. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a very much a multiplier effect. Plus, we may have the skill. So imagine a situation where you actually have the skill to deal with change, but you don't have at that moment the capacity. So for whatever reason, because you're under the weather, because you're sick, because you've got your grieving, because of whatever reason, so you, there's a death that you're dealing with, for whatever reason, you may be skillful in some means and yet not have this sense of capacity or resourcefulness. And that's what we're talking about, is that deeper capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's thriving that dimension. Okay. Then there are four dimensions that feed thriving. So there's four dimensions, and I think of them almost as doorways into thriving. They are fuel, flow, wonder, and wisdom. And by the way, I like when I say the words and I see you smile on your face, I smile every time I say these words because we spent a lot of time picking the exact right word that the word itself evokes kind of a buzz inside, like energy inside. So purposefully, these words are super purposeful. So fuel is what you think of as almost like traditional wellness behaviors. So how you eat, how you move, how you rest and sleep, and then breathing. So those are four areas that most people would think of right off when they think of wellness. Mm -hmm. We have actually created questions that help people look at, it's just not about how you eat. Do you understand how to eat to manage your stress? Do you understand how to eat to manage your energy? Do you understand the link between eating and your performance? So we're looking at the link between that habit and how then that how that supports you in showing up physiologically, emotionally, psychologically at your best. So in those four areas. So that's fuel. Flow is about your engagement at work. So your sense of absorption. So Mm -hmm. we know that we're not every day absorbed in every task we're doing. All of us do tasks that we're like, you know, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because we all have lives like that. But we also know that and I forget the sign, I forget the actual amount, but I think it's like two to two and a half hours. If someone has about that much of absorption per day, they will show higher well being scores. So we really need this sense of just feeling fully absorbed in the task. And that task can be gardening, mm-hmm. that task can be a walk, that task can be working on your computer whatever that is for the person, but that sense of full engagement. And in this case at work, the, the second area in flow is self-esteem at work. So what's the extent to which you feel like you really bring meaning to work and you gain meaning to work and you are worthwhile. You have a sense of worthwhileness in your job. And then the third area is mindfulness. The extent that you can be present in the moment without judgment and with just the simple act of observing the present moment. So that's, that's the third area. So that's wrapped together in flow. So, so far we have thriving, which everything feeds into, and we've gone over fuel and flow. Right. And I do like the alliteration that you yeah, have. Used. Uh, we did that on the purpose too. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've done fuel and flow. And then what's next? And wonder is next. And wonder is all about learning and growing. So I often hear from people or I'll hear from organizations we're working with, you know, we just want to get back to us kind of a sense of comfort, sort of a sense of just things settling down. And the truth is when human beings are thriving, we like learning and growing. 
we like that edge of when we're when it's too much stress we burn out but when it's too little stress we rest out so there's some sweet spot in the middle that's about optimizing our growth and learning and sense of challenge so that's what learning and growing is about seeking new perspectives so seeking new perspectives is all about leaning into diverse points of view diverse ways of doing things so really seeking the new Mm-hmm. And then the third in that dimension is on appreciation. So on appreciation. I love yeah, on appreciation. I do too. So it's the, the extent to which think about your, your day, the extent to which you can just look around you and see the beauty and the mystery and the aliveness and, and truly the wonder, the awe, have awe in the moment. And we know that awe itself is such a factor of well-being for people. So that's the third area, or that's the third of the of four. The, of the ones that circle thriving. Exactly. Flow, and then we've got wisdom. Wonder and now wisdom. Wisdom. So wisdom is all about thinking about your meaning-making framework. So let's think about your meaning-making framework. So the first one is vision and purpose. So vision being, what is it that you want to create? Who is your ideal self? Like, what do you want to step into as a leader, as a whole human being? And why? What's the why behind the what? What's the why behind the you? So that's vision and purpose. And that's really critical. We learned about that, how important that factor was with some work we did about probably 17, 15 years ago with a global company. We worked with 527 of their senior leaders across the company, across cultures. And we were doing this a wellness assessment with them using a different kind of tool. And at the very last minute, I said, let's just add this question because my gut tells me this is going to be important, but let's just add this question. I have a vision and purpose that guides my decisions in life and work. Let's just add that question. Scale is one to six. One is, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and six is every moment, every day. And then, you know, one to six. And we found that if someone scored 527 people, if they scored a five or a six, they were higher in every wellness dimension, every wellness factor that we were asking questions about. Wow. Right then I realized vision and purpose, being clear about where you're moving and having a sense of, and I have the ability and energy to move toward that, to make progress towards that, which is so core to coaching, supporting people in vision and purpose. The other thing I just want to point out there is how important it was that you listened to your inner voice on that, that you just knew in your gut that you needed to add that question. Oh, thank you. To be able to see the impact of listening to your gut, knowing without knowing exactly where that was going to lead, but look where it led. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think you're right. And I appreciate you saying that. So vision and purpose itself is such a factor of our own thriving. And then the two other subcategories in the wisdom dimension are emotional capacity. And we're not trying to reproduce the emotional intelligence scales out there because there's some fantastic emotional intelligence scales. This one is specifically looking at the sense of lightness and humor and kind of play that you can bring to challenging situations. So, you know, situations we have in life, can you bring a sense of lightness rather than heaviness? So that's what we're talking about with emotional capacity. And then the third one is wholeness. So do you have a sense of integration versus disconnection within you? For instance, does, does the you that show up get to show up consistently in your life and your work 
and other contexts? Or do you feel like, nope, I've got to be one person here and I've got to be another person here and I've got to be another person here, which takes a lot of energy and a lot of internal management. Yeah. Think about those being different people, a community of cells in here, in this being, that's a lot of management. So that sense of wholeness where you can see and, and feel a felt sense of integration within you. And then the last category. So if you think about the model, we have thriving in the middle. We've got fuel, flow, wonder, wisdom. And then around as this big golden ring on the outside is thriving amplified. And the model itself is to represent, it's not enough, I don't believe, at least for my work in the world, it, and I think for most coaches, it's not enough for us to just be taking care of our own well-being. We're interested in that having a ripple impact, that, that, that really amplify into the world. So that is the leading self is the, the, the inner ring. But the outer ring is how do we show up as leaders with full presence, with the ability to energize others, to maximize their potential, and to cultivate an environment of care for others. And those are the three pieces of Thriving Amplified, energizing others, maximizing others, and cultivating care. So that's the whole, wow. that's the whole framework. And so when people get their feedback from this assessment tool, what are some of the, I know that you've been able to use the tool now a bit. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the leader talking about breathing. What, what kinds of responses or eye-opening I don't know, moments are you having with your clients as, as you share their, their results and, and you explore the tool with them? Well, it's, it's all across the board, as you can expect, because every person's so different. Exactly. Um, we have, we've built a structured interview process that has basically three parts to it. And the first part of it is before even getting into the assessment results is, is a little mini experience where we have them recall an experience of thriving themselves. So right there in the moment, we're having people tap into what it feels like in an embodied way to thrive. So let's just don't talk about the word. Let's, let's just do it right now. Let's have this experience. And I can tell you from the structured interviews from doing these, I think 400 to 500 times now. So it's been a lot lately. Yeah, she knows. She knows what she's talking about. It's been, yeah. it's been a lot. That that has been such a meaningful part of the debrief process is helping people reconnect with thriving. And the reason right then, and the reason we did that is number one, consistently people are able to do it. Mm-hmm. And number two, they are now having a felt sense of what we're talking about rather than us talking about conceptually. Right. Well, it's that whole also, like it it creates a whole different energy level too. Yeah. And the the third is it does create for the rest of the conversation. Imagine when you do that breath or when you do that visualization about thriving and you're recalling an experience of thriving and even people with some of the darkest pasts, because I've heard about some pretty dark pasts and mine, my alone has been kind of a stressful childhood. People can find a moment. They can find a moment. And, and sometimes it'll be that morning or sometimes it'll be when they were on their way to work or sometimes it'll be yesterday. It doesn't have to be a childhood experience, but they can tap into what does thriving mean to them and imagine what that then does to their physiology and yours as the coach in the moment that then is shaping and toning the rest of the conversation. So that's been a really important thing to have happen. 
And so I mentioned that because I cannot tell you if there's one thing insight that's come out of these interviews or these debriefs Mm -hmm. is how many times the leader has said, first off, I haven't paused in a long time. And secondly, oh my gosh, that felt so good. Like, wow, in the moment I get that I am really resourceful, that it's all here. And so that- an experience just right then. That's brilliant. Right. So that's the first thing that we do. When we go through then the feedback report- we've already now done that experience. We go through the feedback report. Often what shows up, um, breath does show up a lot as people not really, they know, yes, I've heard that breath is important and yep, I've read it in magazines and popular media and all that, but do I really use it? Am I proactive about consciously using my breath to shape how I'm performing, how I show up, bringing full presence to the task at hand or my team or whatever? That's a big one. Last week I did a debrief where and this is someone who scored high on almost everything. So really a high thriver, very well resourced individual already, but said this connected me to something that I've forgotten. And that is my sense of adventure, how much I love seeking new perspectives and learning and growing. And I, he, she said, he said, Renee, my former life before being an executive was I was out you know, traveling this part of the world and that part of the world and trying to see new cultures and that with my backpack on, that is very much a part of me. And I have just subscribed to a way that I think I'm supposed to work in the corporate world. And I have dumbed all that down. And I had no idea that accessing that could actually help me be a better leader. And so he then, he wrote me a note later and said, I have now scheduled a vacation instead of a vacation. Um, my wife and I are going on an adventure together. We're actually oh, gonna, so those kinds of things happen that are kind of big. That's sort of a macro thing. Yeah. Another person I just recently did talked about um, driving amplified was something that she was had more energy to work on, mm-hmm. and so I was looking at how to take some five to ten minute practices. So I think I told you, or maybe you don't know, but along with the assessment system. So the person gets a feedback report, but then we created for coaches an interpretation manual that helps the person and the coach interpret the feedback. Mm -hmm. But it also, the whole back half of the manual is about close to a hundred practices that a person can do to up-level their thriving in these six dimensions. Right. And so she was spending time looking over the thriving amplified section and looking at oh, wow, these are different practices from gratitude practices to breath practices to visioning to purpose work to whatever that, you know, there's a lot in there. Yeah. And she was looking at what she was going to bring to her team. So it's really been across the board. And to me, that's the beauty of these conversations and the uh, fun is not the right word, but the profound part of coaching Mm -hmm. is that you really don't know what enables someone else to thrive, but what the assessment is allowing to happen is to open up a whole new conversation about it, to bring it, to make it a priority and to be then a whole nother path for fulfillment and effectiveness and positive impact. And that's, what's exciting to me because that's kind of the big, that's the bigger game that we're, that we're going for. Well, and then we think about the bigger game and we think about something that is completely new to your company, which is a developing this tool uh, because nobody else would get around to doing it and probably wouldn't have done it the way you wanted to do it anyway. So, so you develop this fantastic tool and now you're to a place of, we know it works, we've used it, it brings this value, let's bring it to 
coaches or other professionals who are interested in using this as part of of the services that they offer. So what a, what a new adventure for you. Tell me a little bit about that and tell all of us a little bit about that because you're getting ready to actually roll this forward and in October you'll be training people on how to use this the entire two. Now, I was curious when you were talking about the three-step debrief process, is that mm-hmm. something that's included in it your is. training? It is. Okay. It is. I mean, we really, you know, it, I, I, so personally, I've been in, in the coaching world myself as part of leadership development for the last 25 or so years. So I was looking at when we built the tool, it was, we want to build all the things that we, we need as coaches. And we want, and the, the issue with so many tools that we use and that I'm licensed in Um, All of them are terrific as far as a window in and a lens into a different conversation. That's fantastic. But often what they're missing is now what? Like now what? And so we built purposefully the the assessment, the structured debrief to kind of be the bridge from the insight into action and then the interpretation manual to say, okay, now what actions are right for you for that person? So we're trying to do kind of soup to nuts here because we're coaches too, and we know what we would want. When we built the assessment, I'm not sure, honestly, I had the vision of how it would roll out. I knew we would be using it, but I didn't. It wasn't until I had a number of other coaches find out what we were doing and say, hey, (laughs) Could you build a certification process? That guilty is charged. I was one of those coaches. You were one of those people. You were. And we had enough of that, that, you know, there's sometimes where you feel like the world is telling you, hello, you know, it's time for you to do this thing too. Because I can tell you, again, as a small business, we were not thinking, let's invest more in product development. But I'm glad we did because now we are launching the certification program and the first one will be in Colorado in October, October 2nd through the 4th. And so what'll happen is um, we just launched it. So the website is now up and the curriculum's all built and it's all been piloted and it's all, you know, we're super excited about it. What will happen is when someone registers, they will use Be Well, Lead Well, Pulse. They'll use the assessment themselves for their personal benefit. We want them before being a coach, we're all human beings. So they'll use it for their personal benefit. They will then get some coaching support, a debrief on that, and they'll, they'll literally use all these tools, experiencing them as a whole human being themselves. Then there'll be some learning assignments for them to do to prep for the three-day session. And then we've got the, a three-day session. The first day is mostly about the science behind thriving because so many of us want to know, you know, what does the science have to say about this? Day two is coaching, 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 coaching. It's practice, 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 using the structured debrief process. Mm -hmm. So we're learning that three-phase process. And then we've created a bunch of sample reports that show, I forget how many we have, but a lot, that show the different ways the the information, the feedback could show up. Mm -hmm. And people are practicing around, okay, this person scores all high in everything. What do I do here? This person scores all low. Mm-hmm. What do I do here? This person is somewhere in the middle and most of them are in the middle somewhere. And so we're just practice, practice, practice. At the end of the day, we start talking about the interpretation manual and like how to, how to use it. 
And then the next, the third day is all about how do you integrate this into your own coaching practice so that you can, you know, what's the language you would use? How does it come out of your mouth and be authentic? Not my mouth. Mm -hmm. How is it yours? And so that's day three. And then afterwards, when people are certified, we've decided, and this, I I haven't seen anyone else do this, but we're going to try it and see if it works. We're going to put a community drop box up and start to regularly add new science, so new articles, you know, peer-reviewed articles, new tools to help coaches out in this Dropbox so that coaches are constantly having new information and new ways of, of supporting their clients, not just with this framework, but with the different dimensions in the framework. So we're doing that as well. How neat. So all of this information has been so, oh, I don't know, just spot on and powerful. And I want to thank you for for bringing it. And I want to let listeners know, if you're interested in exploring more about this, what's the name of your assessment? Be Well, Lead Well, Pulse. We will have links for that in the show notes for the show, as well as on our resource page. Dr. Renee Moorfield, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your work, your vision, your energy, and and just for being here with us today. Well, thank you. And thank you for all of the great work you're doing in the world. You really are helping to kind of upgrade us as coaches. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Renee is a perfect example of why I created the Star Coach Show. How often would you have the opportunity to sit down with somebody with her breadth of experience and ask these questions that you can actually apply to your own client base immediately, as well as being able to potentially explore this new assessment if it's something that interests you. So if you'd like to know more about Renee Moorfield, Wisdom Works, the Be Well, Lead Well Pulse, go to starcoachshow.com and check out the show notes as well as the resource page. You'd like the handout for this show that is also on the resource page or the show notes for this show. I want to thank Renee once again for coming on the show and sharing these years of experience and research that has gone into thriving leadership. If you're enjoying the show, please think about rating and reviewing the show. Every review that we receive increases the reach of the Star Coach Show. And I want every single coach out there to know that this is a resource available to them if it's something that would be of interest to them. So one of the ways that you might do that is to take a screenshot of your phone while you're listening to the podcast and share it on social media. I did that just this week for one of my favorite podcasts and the reach across Twitter was quite amazing. If you're finding value in the show and and are wanting to do something like that, that would be wonderful and I'll be sure to like and share your post as well. That will increase your visibility as well as my own. 
So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week.